Today we are back in the book of Mark after a hiatus for Advent. We're back for the gospel written for the disciple Peter. We're in Mark 3, 7 through 12 as we ready our hearts for communion. Mark 3, 7 through 12, and I will read it first. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him. Hearing all that he was doing, they came to him in great numbers from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and the region around Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him, for he had cured many So all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and shouted, You are the Son of God! But he sternly ordered them not to make him known. As humans, we are wired to follow. We are curious people, but we are also dependent. It seems that there are endless ideas everywhere of how we can get behind something in order to find a higher meaning. We are exhorted to follow our hearts, told to follow our dreams, reminded to follow our own path. Sometimes we're told to avoid following the crowd. Other times when we're lost, we're told we should follow the people who seem like they know where they're going. Paul McCartney told us to follow the sun. Judy Garland followed the yellow brick road. We follow blogs, celebrities, people on Twitter and Instagram. We might follow ideas or schools of thought of various scholars or scientists. We follow in the footsteps of those who come before us as we observe various traditions. When driving and lost, we're told to follow the signs or the road till we get to our destination. In school, we're taught to follow directions, a lifelong skill we will use over and over. There's something inherent in us about needing to follow. We need help and guidance along the way. We need to know from those around us the best way to go. Even the most free spirits among us want to make sure they end up in the right place eventually. If you know where you want to go, there is no idea No end of ideas of how to get there. But how do we always know where we're going? It's one thing to follow a path when you know where you want to be and certain that the path will take you there. It's another to continually change courses because we have no real idea where we're headed. Did you read what Mark said about the crowds? They are everywhere. Looking to have their needs met and certain that Jesus of Nazareth was the one who could do that for them. So they're following him wherever he goes. Jesus and his disciples, a word that literally means followers, have just left a volatile situation where already those in power are seeking a way to kill him. He has entered their territory and is modeling a life with God that not only do they disagree with, but find to be highly immoral. Because Jesus doesn't follow the prescribed ideals, he is a threat. 
Jesus goes to the sea, where there is plenty of room for him to teach the people more easily. So many, though, show up. Our Bible uses the phrase great multitude to describe it, but the original would be more like a multitudinous multitude. Not kidding, that's what Dr. Robert Gundry said. A multitudinous? That's a word, multitude. A great number on top of the great number of people who are already there. And where did they come from? From where Jesus has just been, but also further afield, different places, the east and the south. People are hearing what Jesus is doing. They want to be part of it. Vast numbers of people follow Jesus, and he works to make it possible for all to hear him. In this passage, I feel like we need to pay attention for how the Lord is caring for the people, ensuring that each one can have access to him without the barriers that usually come with celebrity status. He removes them from the threat of the leaders whose bitterness comes through in every interaction they have with him. He goes to a place where there is plenty of room, taking the brunt of the crowd physically upon himself, having the genius idea that he could teach from a boat if the crowds got too big, which is what we know he does in other places. When the unclean spirits threaten to reveal his identity, I doubt he's really worried about himself, He tells them to be quiet, thus protecting everyone present from the evil that was among them. Protecting the people so they could still hear him and not be worried about the evil that was right there. So many people following Jesus. When they do, he is available to them. Mark tells us, actually making it so that people can hear him. So that they can touch him. They just want to touch him. And he knows. He knows they need him. Jesus is followed by the throngs because they were hurting. Because they wanted solace and healing and help. For whatever reason. For whatever it was that was going on in their lives. They wanted to know who is God Where is he in the depths of our sorrow, in the height of our joy, in all that we experience? Jesus, are you the one that we've been waiting for? Jesus comes and brings meaning to them in profound ways. It had to be profound because there are so many there. Today we've come into the sanctuary Because we too follow Jesus. And the images from this week in our community are seared in our minds. And we need a place where we can come and cry out to the Lord and lament and just be together. And talk through our experiences and process who we know and what we've seen. And what can we do? We want to pray for the lost, the great loss, and pray for the brokenhearted. We see the multitudes following Jesus. They too lived in a world that was full of sadness and hardship. Why 
do people follow Jesus? Because he is the true God, and he has hope for them. He cares deeply about each of us. He lovingly meets us where we are. Because of all the circumstances we cannot control, one thing that we can do is bring to him our broken lives. We can bring to him our hearts. We can bring to him our anxiety and our worry and all of the things that we don't know what to do with. We can bring ourselves to him for healing. Yes, of course the people wanted physical healing. We all want physical healing. But don't you think that they wanted more than that? Like all of us, don't they have broken spirits? Don't they have broken minds like we all do? They also needed healing for the other things. For the images of devastation, they could not erase. For the loss of loved ones, they could not bear to live without. Because they too were weary of the pain of this world. Jesus brought light to the darkness and hope for those who felt like they couldn't walk another step. At some point, we look at our lives and we decide to surrender to his grace because we no longer want to be lost on a road that we don't know where it's going. We want to know that there is more. And Jesus says there is so much more than what we see and experience here. So come and bring your burdens to me. Why have you come today? Why do you follow Jesus? What is there for you in him that only he can give you? In times like this, more than ever, it's important for us to affirm the faith that we have in the Lord. As we follow him, he never leaves our side. And the best way that we know how to affirm the trust we have in God is through the beautiful ritual of communion. Instituted by Jesus as a remembrance of his sacrifice, he told his followers, keep doing this. Keep remembering. Don't forget who I am and what I've done for you and how I meet you in the breaking of the bread and the giving of the wine. So in the middle of whatever is happening, we can know in a tangible way his life-giving presence among us. Today, as we take communion, we lament the loss of life in our community. We mourn what has been taken from our neighbors and from we ourselves. Grief is compounded upon grief, and it makes us think of other losses that we have experienced, and we again lay them at the Lord's feet. As we take time for sadness, we also look up to see where Jesus is and realize that he is right beside us, weeping with us, sustaining us, helping us to cope as the incarnate one, comforting those who mourn. He is showing us again that he comes to be fully present in all the experiences we have, showing his love for those who follow, making it possible to know where he is and hear what he has to say. What an unbelievable grace to all of us. Let us say the words of the liturgy together.